0: Love. Welcome to the e commerce marketing society podcast, a podcast for women who want to grow their online store or e commerce brand by improving their marketing. I'm your host, Lisa Byrne, an e commerce marketing coach for women with 20 years of marketing experience under my belt. I help women increase sales and decrease stress by helping them focus on the right things instead of doing all the things. As well as hearing from me, I gather my favorite women in e-commerce to share their stories of growth and expertise because we all know it takes a village to grow a successful business. Welcome to the society. Let's get focused and have some fun. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Lisa, your host and e-commerce marketing coach. And today I'm joined by the amazing Kate Toon, who is a respected speaker, business mentor, podcaster, and of course, author. And she has just published a new book, Six Figures in School Hours. And it is such a fantastic practical guide to business, but also being a parent while building your business. Kate Toon is one of the funniest, smartest people to chat to and this is the second time on the podcast so go back and listen to her first episode here on the podcast. I'll link to it in the show notes. And she's also going to be joining me at my first Revive and Thrive retreat in Palm Beach, New South Wales, which is happening in literally two weeks. And Kate's going to join us as a special guest and she's hosting a workshop and you've also got a workshop with me. So if you want to snap up that last day pass for the Revive and Thrive Retreat, go to the show notes because I've got a link there. Kate has also got the Digital Marketing Collective Conference coming up in Kirribilli in October. So I'll link to tickets for that as well in the show notes as I said, she's one of my favorite people to talk to. She has done the rounds in business for many years. She's incredibly well known here in Australia as a business mentor, but as the queen of SEO in Australia, but also internationally. So she knows a thing or two about building a business as a parent. And she also has a way of just telling it like it is, cutting the fluff. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk all about productivity, money, business, mindset. So I think you're really going to get a lot out of this episode. Hello, K-Tune. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me back. I'm so excited. Actually, your podcast that I did with you on on my podcast, I should say, gosh, it's got to be almost two years ago now, I think. (laughs) But anyway, it was one of the highest listened episodes. Well, bloomin' Like, duh, of course. Oh, whatever. Let's hope this one yeah. does as well. Lots of people sent me DMs saying, oh, my God, Kate's so amazing. I was like, well, how about me? How amazing am I? <laughs> well, that's the problem
1: with podcasts. They showcase all your wonderful guests and sometimes it's like, hello, I'm the one hosting this.
0: Yeah. But it's good though, isn't it? I love oh, a, it a good old podcast chat. Me too. And we're going to spend... Some several days together soon, in a couple of weeks at the Revive and Thrive. Actually, no, we're not going to spend a couple of days together. It's, it's only a, a day. You're, you're going to come for one day. Oh my God, I'm getting way ahead of it's, myself.
1: You know, it's going to feel like several days. Yes, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm that wearing. No, I'm so excited. I'm going to be coming along and talking about that evil inner voice and accepting yourself. We're going to have kind of a workshop experience. And, oh, my God, I mean, I know this is a podcast you're
0: listening, but
1: it is the most beautiful venue, isn't it? It is.
0: It's a waterfront, probably safe to say mansion um, in Palm Beach. And if you know anything about Palm Beach, it's, well, it's where Home and Away is filmed, but Google Palm Beach. It is beautiful, stunning.
1: I always tell people overseas that I live where Home and Away is filmed and the reality is that Lisa and I live probably about five minutes from each other and we live on the other side of the water which is much less posh and probably property prices are at $2 million cheaper, but oh, we're
0: still yeah. pretty close. Oh, I say that where we live is like Palm Beach 20 years ago. So, yeah.
1: It's West. actually nicer, I think, where oh, you are. It's way nicer.
0: Way nicer. Well, my mum still lives in Avalon. We're going off topic yeah. here. I wouldn't even go back to Avalon or Palm Beach. If you gave no. me the choice, I'd stay on the Central Coast.
1: There is nowhere finer than the peninsula, and obviously I believe you minor. But, yeah, it's the best
0: spot in the world. I love it, it is good. <laughs> but anyway, how did we get here? So, yes, you're coming to the Revive and Thrive Treat for a day, and it's going to be amazing. And you've also got a big event coming up too, don't you?
1: I do. My Digital Marketing Collective Conference, it's in Sydney uh, on the 7th of October. We've got like a mastermind day and a conference day, 14 speakers, great food, two parties included in the ticket price um, and some of Australia's top digital marketers. We've got uh, people coming to talk about best practice Instagram, selling products online, overcoming imposter syndrome, building a profile. I am going to do a presentation on how I earn every cent in my business I'm going to explain everything about how I earn my money and I'm also doing another presentation about how to build the perfect funnel for your business so it's going to be brilliant book a ticket wow they're
0: (laughs) very two meaty topics I'll go just for those two yeah exactly I want to see inside your funnel I know
1: it's a, it's, very, it's a very slippery
0: funnel oh lovely <laughs> <laughs> gosh you can't take us anywhere I think it's because I it's Friday and I've it just is. had my second coffee we're <laughs> delirious people we early at the weekend but besides all that exciting thing you have also managed to launch well write and publish and launch a book since well it's August now you did it all from like November till now didn't you I pitched
1: it in November. I started writing it on December 27th. That is
0: crazy because I went to your book launch here in China and you laid out the timeline and only you could do that. Like that is crazy banana stuff. Well,
1: the truth is even I couldn't do that. One of the ways that I did do that was I gave up alcohol, which made me both very boring, but also highly productive. It's amazing yeah. what you can do when you are sleeping well and not ever hungover. So yes, it was a mad period. And I wouldn't put myself through that again necessarily, but I'm glad I did it.
0: Mm, so six figures in school hours. Would you say it's the practical guide that every business owner should read on their journey to six figures? And if you've yeah. got a child too.
1: Yeah, I mean, possibly heresy, but a few people have described it as the Bible of being a business parent. So, you know,
0: that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's very practical. It covers Mm -hmm. mindset, productivity, money, family, and even, you know, touches on self-care, which is so important because they can't operate in silos. It has to be weaved throughout but I'm still learning that I'm sure you're still learning that too well we've
1: had many a discussion about that over the years haven't we about how to juggle the two things. your children are younger than mine you've got two and I've only got one and also your partner has a proper job um and so yeah I know we've had a lot of conversations about this because you're very driven and trying to achieve a lot as well and so was I not so much now which is annoying because now I have all the time but yeah I wanted to I made a lot of stupid mistakes and things I can't get back and I can't do Mm -hmm. differently because it's gone. And I wanted to warn people about that and give them some practical solutions to deal with it.
0: That was one of my questions for you today. Is the biggest challenges on your path? Do you think that has been around like the mum side of things or the money side of things? Or has it been a little bit of everything?
1: It's funny. I started my business because I wanted to spend more time with my child. Yeah. And very quickly realized that I could make Some decent money out of it. And then money became my God. And then when I made some money and found it wholly unsatisfying, feeding my ego became my God and having respect of my peers and speaking at events. And now it's all the way back again to time
0: Mm -hmm. uh, and
1: having time to live my life and do things. The biggest challenges I think would be just containing my rampant ego, my desperation to do everything yesterday and my inability to be patient for even a minute and also. Tied into that, my constant comparison with other people.
0: Mm, I remember you touching on that at your book launch. And I mean, you talk about things that nobody else talks about. I think that's why we love you so much. And you do it so in such a fun, relatable way, like comparisonitis, ego. No one talks about these things in business, but you're right. Like once you get past the thrill of earning more money, that kind of wears off pretty quickly. And then these other things come into play.
1: They do. And I don't want to sound flippant about it because I was excruciatingly poor for a long time and there is no, absolutely no glamour in poverty. And it's very hard to be creative and motivated when you're literally worrying about paying for food at Cole's checkout. I've been there. I also got myself into massive debt because I was so financially illiterate. So, you know, I'm not being flippant about the fact that when I made some money, it didn't have a major impact because it basically took away stress and it gave me choices. Mm -hmm. But the problem for me was It was just being influenced by stupid business coaches who were constantly saying up level and make this amount. I mean, the whole six figures is a joke to a degree and it's discussed in the book. Why? Why make six? What for? I got to the point where, as I said before, I was replacing perfectly good cushions with new cushions. You know, I had enough. It was just stupid. What am I doing this for? I'm flogging myself, Mm -hmm. working late nights to buy a new freaking cushion. Just stop it, you know. Mm -hmm. But you can't, when you're in the eye of the storm, it's hard to see that, I think.
0: Absolutely. And a client said to me this once when I said, you know, slow down, you know, you're doing really well. I was like, but you can slow down. And she said, well, it's hard. Like I, now that I'm going, I'm running, it's so hard to slow down. It really is. Climbing down the mountain is a lot harder
1: than climbing up it. And also being on a plateau, like once you've hit a certain income and then maintaining that. And also once you've had a degree of success, maintaining that, like maybe, you you know, you have a course or A client list and you got to 20 clients and then you feel, well, I have to get to 21 or at least have to keep the 20. I can't possibly have 19. I I can't have made this much last year and make less this year. It's funny because this year I've just put my income budget down by 20%. I've reduced my forecasted income by 20% because if I don't, I will go, I will Mm. do whatever it takes to hit whatever target I set. And for me at the moment, it's just not worth it. That extra 20% is taking 80% of my existence. Do you know what I mean? I just haven't got it anymore. So I think one of the big questions in the book is, although one of the big premises is, yes, we can all earn six figures, whether that's 100K or 999K, Mm -hmm. whether that's profit, whether that's net profit, gross profit, revenue, whatever you want to talk about. We can all earn what we want to earn if we're willing to make the compromises required to earn it. And the problem is people do not think about the exchange. We've been taught, especially women of our generation, We're still fairly gendered in that we want to be mums and we want to do things at home, but we've also been told that we can be career people, we can have a lot. And the thing is we can have all of that, but it comes at a cost. Mm -hmm. And in the long term, is the cost worth paying, I guess, is the question.
0: It's so hard. It's a mind F, I find. Like the have it all, like, yes, we want to have it all. And I know you say you can have it all, but not all at the same time. But it's so frustrating that, yes, yeah, society hasn't yet caught up to how women are today. Like, we right. want the business and we want to be financially independent, but we're still doing the everything in the home. Well, sometimes we're not. Or well, the
1: lion's share. And if the we're not doing, chain. even if we're splitting chores 50 50, the mental load often falls on the woman, and the empathetic and the emotional care falls. More on the mum. I think that's fair enough to say. I I definitely aim the book at parents, not mums. It's not called, it it says parent, not mum, because I do know some great, amazing dads and some dads who do more than the female in the partnership. But generally, it is more us. And it's not even about us. It's that society isn't set up yet to accommodate that. Mm-hmm. You know, we are one of the most progressive societies in the world here in Australia. I mean, you look at Norway and Sweden, it's a lot easier. Their parental leave is a bigger thing. And, but our society is not set up for women to succeed. It just isn't. The patriarchy is very much here and present. And we can deny it and go, oh, look, we've got all these freedoms. but We haven't fully got the freedoms. I don't want to turn this into a feminist rant. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with a feminist rant? But we can often think it's us. We're failing because we're not succeeding at being a parent and a business owner, but no, we are. The cards are stacked against us. We were never going to win. I, so I said. There was a woman at one of my book launches, and she said, "You know, got two kids under three. You know, God, which you know, it's hard enough." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "And I always just feel like I never have enough hours in the day. I can't get everything done. I've tried doing Pomodoro and I do lists and." try and be really organized. And I get up at 5am and I still can't get it all done. I just feel I've got too much to do. And I said, you know why? You know why Mm -hmm. that is? Because you just do have too much to do. It is impossible. You
0: are never going to win in the first place. No, you're going to lose really. Like uh, trying to keep the perfect house with the Laundry minimal and the kitchen clean and the children fed. And, and then also you trying to be
1: sexy and be thin and oh be attractive to your partner and plan holidays and look after your parents and drink water. Drink freaking water.
0: <laughs> That's the hardest all. <laughs> not drink
1: alcohol. How can I possibly drink a whole bottle of wine but not drink half a glass of water? Yeah. I love that. You've got the biggest water bottle in yeah. the
0: world. <laughs> it this actually really works. Uh, it's so true. And, you know, it's only going to change when we have these conversations and you're reading books like this one that makes it okay to go, you know what, you don't have to have it all and you can be shit at some things and that's okay. But there are ways that you can make it a little bit easier on yourself. Like I love how you talk about productivity and building a team and asking for help. And I think that's the message that has to get through loud and clear for me anyway, and the women that I work with, most of them and including myself, are doing everything themselves in their business, which is the stupidest thing. I'm giving myself a a smack on the hand. Like you're literally going to tap out. You're going to break and you're going to reach a earning capacity when you're trying to do everything yourself. Yeah. And you've approached building your team a little bit differently to, I guess you could say the traditional way. And maybe tell us a little bit about how you've built your team and managed to grow.
1: Well, I think a lot of business owners, they would love to have a team, but they don't think they can afford it. Mm. So it really does start with getting to understand your numbers and how many hours a week you have to work. I think many uh, parents are wildly overestimating how much literal billable time they have. I go through the exercise in the book and force you to think about it. Oh, you know, I dropped my kid off at 9.30. I picked them up at 2.30. Therefore, I've got X hours. No, you don't because you went to Colts and you also put some washing on and he had four whees and he looked in the fridge for inspiration and then you put the washer in the dryer and you've just lost an hour and a half of your day and you're wondering why every day you don't finish your to-do list. So it starts with getting real about your time. I do think that there is a lot of power in setting an hourly rate, whether you're e-commerce or service based, to give your time a value and to think about investing that time. Say you want to say your hourly rate is $100, $150. Is what you're doing now a $150 task? And if it isn't, are you investing your time as well as you could or could you be hiring someone else who would A, probably do a better job of it? Because you're a generalist and they're a specialist. And B, therefore do it in half the time. And C, charge way less than what you're investing in yourself. You know, if you're $150 an hour and you find a VA for 50, then essentially you're earning $100 an hour every time they do something for you. But again, it's about choosing the team to do things that have a return on investment. Mm -hmm. All too often the message is, get a VA. They can help you do your social media. Social media is the last thing Mm -hmm. I bring give to my VA. You should do social media yourself because you're your brand and everyone loves you. You should get your VA to be sending out your proposals or managing your invoices or setting up your abandoned car emails, something that makes you money, not something that is actually the fluff on top. You know, I love marketing. Don't get Mm. me wrong. And for a service based business, I'd say at least 10% of your time should be marketing e-commerce. I don't know what you'd say, but probably 50. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. But marketing is not sales. Marketing may make you money. Sales does make you money. And often we hire the people to do the wrong things and then wonder why it's costing us a fortune and we're not making any more.
0: That was That's a rant. That's no, <laughs> no, I totally love that. I'm the same with when it comes to social media. It's so forefront in everybody's mind. Like it's the first thing that they focus on. It's the first thing that they want to hire a freelance to manage. Like you say, the return on investment, it's not clear exchange. No. If you're going to get someone to help you find the tasks that are going to bring in the return on investment. Yeah, amazing. And so the biggest block that I have with hiring a team and getting people around us is where to find them and how to choose the right person. Have you refined your process over time? No, absolutely not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so what I do is I dip my toe. So I would never hire a full-time person. I wouldn't even hire someone for 30 hours a week or even 20. I've just bought somebody new on board and we've started with six hours a week. Within a week, I knew that she was pretty good. So it t- No, it started with four, four hours a week. Within a week, she was pretty good. We've gone to six. It's week three, we're up to seven, you know, but easily illustrative. So I pay my team ahead of time. I get them to bill me a chunk of hours. I pay them on the first of the month so that they owe me time rather than me owing them money. That's just like my that. That's my moral thing. I'm the employer. I'm the one that should deal with the cash flow, not them. So I pay them ahead of time, like a chunk of retainer hours, and then they track their time. But everyone's a subcontractor. Everyone has their own business. I'm not responsible for anybody's mortgage. I am one of many clients. I can dial them up. I can dial them down. That takes the mental pressure off. Mm. And also, I have a variety of people. I've tried repeatedly to find my the Selma to my Louise, my Robin to my Batman. And I can't, right? It's very hard. Leanne is the closest person I've ever got to that. And she came on full time, but couldn't manage it because of family commitments. Very hard to find everything in one person, just like with a partner. You know, Mm -hmm. they could maybe be 80% your person, but the final 20% is always going to be somebody else. So instead of trying to find one or two good people, I have 14 good people doing different things for different times. And that works really well for me. I only have one employee and even she's not full
0: time. Interesting. I like that. And you can dial them up, dial them down. And I guess, yeah, having those agreements and that clarity and understanding upfront and having those conversations rather than crossing your fingers and hoping that everything's going to work out. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, you know, we're not easy to work with. We've got our challenges. It's not just about you
1: picking the right person. Are they the right fit for you? I have a certain way of working and I'm a certain type of person. I'm not for everybody. And so it is the dance and it takes a long time before you get to that kind of slow dance level. You start off sort of jigging about in front of each other and it takes a long time to come together and to all be synergistic and symbiotic. And I think it's the patience as well and accepting that the first three months is an investment and that's just the way it goes. And and not an investment is a risk, but Mm -hmm. running a business is a risk. That's literally what being an entrepreneur means. It just means having a business that involves risk and Mm -hmm. every business involves risk. So just like anything in small business, it's such a personal development course, putting yourself (laughs) out there, picking the right person. How much should I price this thing? How often should I post?
0: There's no right answer. And it's, that's, what's terrifying. It's so true. People get very frightened and wobbly when they don't have the very clear, perfect answer. I see it in my course and sometimes with clients, but I think the sooner you can embrace the not knowing and the unknown and thinking, okay, so I'm going to learn this, the answer, rather than having it plucked out of my head already, that's going to make everything so much easier for you, especially yeah. around marketing. Like we weren't, no one was born a marketing expert.
1: No, and even I'm a business coach, you're a business coach, and I call myself a mentor because I, I hate the word coach. But even if I sat here and told you exactly what to do with my judgment, I wouldn't be right. And so often, when you're talking to someone, they're like, "What? Well, how should I price this or whatever?" And you're like, "It's up to you. It Doesn't matter. Yeah. It Actually, <laughs> doesn't matter. You could price it at seven dollars, and it might be as challenging to sell as if you priced it at seven thousand. There is no right answer, and that's why I'm a huge believer in a iterative parenting and b iterative business. Mm-hmm. So, like I talked about with staff, don't hire someone for forty hours a week or thirty eight, whatever. Hire them for two. You know, like mm-hmm. launch a range of products and price them at $7. You can always price them at eight next week. It's mm-hmm. going to be hard to go back to seven, though. Do you know what I mean? Like just give it a go. Don't yeah. fling yourself into things. Don't spend three months building a course and then to try and sell it. Mm-hmm. Try and sell it. Try and give it to someone free first. If someone won't take it for free, it's not, you know what I mean? Just iterative, yeah. iterative.
0: It, 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 it. That's it. Yeah. And it's not a tattoo. It's not cemented in stone. Yes. <laughs> I see that a lot, like, especially with like, brand colors or brand taglines, like they'll stay stuck on something mm-hmm. for months, but you've got to feel good something sometimes good is good enough. Like get yeah. it up, get it done, keep on moving. Find the next big challenge to focus on. Yeah, or the
1: next little challenge. Uh, yeah. My first logo I made in PowerPoint. And I just found it the other day. And, and it was like a she- woman with a chef's. I don't know where I got the woman from. <laughs> the woman with a chef's hat on. And I'd sort of superimposed the recipe for SEO success on her hat. But I wasn't very good at doing gradients. So you can actually see the square of the <laughs> white. And you know, it's absolutely dire. But it launched my course. I got it launched. I sold 20 spots. No one gave a crap
0: about the logo. No. You know? So no. Yeah. We should share our first DIY logos oh, on, so I've, on got my, I've got my first
1: video here as well that I made, uh, the one I talk about where I got a bit of fake cat hair off the internet. I found the original video, so I might share that. It's
0: awesome. Yeah, I bet it's hilarious. <laughs> I like the one that, we were talking about it, maybe ebook book launch, but Yeah, where you were sitting and you were sweating. Oh, that's right. Your dad was trying to take the video of you, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, and I was trying to be Denise Duffield Thomas. Yes. She was one of the big names at the time, still is. And she was so glamorous and I was like the least glamorous. Yeah, my kid was about, I don't know, five. I was just beside myself most of the time. And it was, well, that's the video I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm I'm boss-eyed. I've got a squint, you see. So sometimes when I get really tired, my eye wanders. And I was just so tired. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. on the verge of tears, I think for about three years. Just don't be nice to me, don't be nice to me, because I will cry if you're nice to me. That level of emotional stability. Oh yeah. You know, yes. we've all
0: been there. <laughs> and that's the comparison Ida's coming in. Like you've seen one person do one thing, you think, okay, I have to do that too. Mm. Instead yeah. of just finding a way of doing it your way. But you know what? I think a lot of these lessons, you're really only gonna learn the hard way too, I you think. Are. You know, yeah. you, you're going to spend too much money or too much time on doing the wrong way and think, oh shit, I should have just done it. How I wanted to do it. Yeah,
1: I think some of it is experience. I have um, objectional defiance disorder, which is uh, I don't like being told what to do, mm-hmm. even by myself. So I, that's why I can't plan anything or, or set goals. I can plan, but I can't set goals because as soon as I set a goal, I'm like, of that. Don't tell me to do that. I want to do this. Mm. So I find it very hard to be told what to do. And one of the big things I was told when my son was little was, oh, It'll go in a flash. It'll be old before you know it. Blah, blah, blah. You should really spend more time with him. You know, everyone was saying that. And I was like, yeah, but I am a human being. And up until a day ago, I had my own life, my own purpose. I was my own person. And now the level of selflessness I have to have to just care for this other creature. What about me? Also, what about some bloody money? I'm skint. So it did not matter what people said. As you said, I had to learn it myself. And now here I am in my book saying, you know what, it's going to go in a flash. You're going to regret it. My son's (laughs) 14 now. And what I would not give to sit with him for half an hour and do Lego, I would literally give you a million dollars to have that half an hour back again. I could cry, (laughs) you know, because it's gone and I'll never do that again. I I can make another pie chart. I can launch another course, but I can never play Lego with my son again. Not like that
0: oh it's such a killer my little boy he's almost going to be eight and I'm already feeling that oh my god it, this business has been going since they were babies literally babies have I done the right thing and that's that and you don't really know and very- you have
1: because the very fact that you even care about that says that you care about that you yeah. know and- Even the parents who did sit and stare at their kids constantly for the first seven years of their life and were able to do all the things, they just feel guilty about other things. They feel guilty Mm. that they haven't set themselves up as a role model or they could have had more money or they could have done it. Being guilty, when I dug into this for the book, being guilty is an essential part of being a parent. It's fear and it's this constant... Because otherwise we would just leave our kids outside the cave to be eaten by a mammoth. Do you know what I mean? We have to be terrified all the time for the rest of our lives. Otherwise, no human would survive, right? So it's yeah. just a natural part of it. And you can't ever get rid of it. You can mitigate it. But imagine being the kind of parent who doesn't care at all.
0: Yes, that's true. And there is you plenty know, of them.
1: Yeah, we talk about yeah. that in the book the four different parenting styles. And sometimes you talk about permissive parents, where you've just let your kid do what you want, free range parenting. That sounds great to one degree, but it has a lot of issue, causes a lot of child issues. You know, in mm. terms of not, you know, being very isolated and having social issues. And there's a poem by Philip Larkin, and it says, "We f our kids up, no matter what we do. We do not want to, but we do. Mm. There's nothing you can do." And in the book is about business, but it is about parenting. It talks about this idea that we want to have control of all things. And often we will go to our business because we feel more in control there than we do. Mm, as, absolutely. As, but realising that we have so little control over how our kids turn out. The book says, I've studied this in, for the book, 50% nature, 50% nurture. You and your partner who are massively different humans, no matter how close you think you are, Depending on when your kid was born, and your relationship makes a big thing. If they're your first child or your second child, because you're economically more successful with the second one, you're better at parenting. And then on top of that, after the age of five or four, you're not the only one influencing them. They've got grandparents, brothers, sister. They've got school. They've got playgroup. They've got friends. They've mm. got friends, older brothers and sisters. Mm. You really think about all the influences, and it's hard to have that control. So we need to let go of it a little bit. That's the true. To <laughs> Gosh, it's a bloody
0: minefield. (laughs) It
1: is a bloody minefield. Uh, But you can read the book. It will all make (laughs) sense. Read the book. (laughs)
0: That's right. It's an amazing book and so much to learn from you and so excited to to share it with everybody here. So Thank you so much. Six figures in school hours. Go and get it. And also, yeah, get a ticket to DMC. It's coming up in October. It's in Curability. It's going to be gorgeous. And there's even one day pass left for Revive and Thrive. Retreat in Palm Beach, which is in August. So, yeah, get your skates on and Lots come of good a- things to do. Yeah, and don't feel guilty
1: with- about any of those Just, things. Come no. and enjoy them, meet some other like minded business owning parents. Because the biggest thing I took from writing the book and even the experience of promoting the book, because you know me, Lisa, I like to spend most of my time in my hut, in my underwear. Mm-hmm. I've probably met about 300 people in the last two months at the different book launches, and everyone feels the same. everyone even that most successful fabulous person you see with the beautiful child always gorgeously turned out they still feel exactly the same as you i am yet to meet a single parent who feels they've got their shit together so
0: yeah Mm, good (laughs) to know we're not alone yes exactly oh well thank you so much for joining us again we'll have to have you you back another time yeah thanks lisa Thanks for tuning into another episode of the eCommerce Marketing Society podcast. If you'd like to keep getting juicy marketing goodness into your ears each week, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Plus, I'm, of course, so grateful for a five star rating and review, which means I can keep supporting you through this podcast. If you'd like to be a part of one of my programs this year, either Ecom Grow Strong or Ecom Scale Strong, head over to my website, lisaburn.com.au and get in touch with me there or over on Instagram at marketing. And I cannot wait to chat with you. Love, love.